So, tonight we're on to the, the final section tonight. We might manage to squeeze this over, probably will actually, uh, over to tonight's lesson. But the first lesson will be usual and I'm sure the second lesson tonight will be a lot shorter than a normal lesson. Uh, and we'll do some kind of wrapping up of the book itself. Um, so, can I say, so we're going to read just from verses, uh, we're going to start at verse 18 tonight of Ephesians chapter 6, where we left off last week, we began the journey of looking at what is the armour of God, what is the, the believer's position in Christ, where we've seen in chapter 1 that we're seated with Christ and stuff, but here we found that our strength comes from Christ and he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we saw that in, in the, the, verse 10. And then he talks about putting on this armor and how we're to slide into the armor. And it's something the whole passage was talking about was standing firm. Standing firm against all these kind of onslaughts that come our way through life. So that's where we kind of leave left off last week. And we stopped deliberately at this particular next verse And it says in verse 18 that we are to pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And so this verse is, uh, you may have heard this verse taught several different ways there's quite a few ways to translate this particular verse depending on what kind of belief you have about some of the words within it so we're going to go through it and break it down Uh, we've looked at some of the what the greek meaning of each word particularly means so that we can translate it better and uh, and see it in its context for the whole passage so, as Paul moves into this passage, he begins by saying, after taking up the final two pieces of armour, which were, if we remember, was the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So, after taking up these two things, you must constantly, with them, be in prayer. So, it's, and be alert. So, in other words, he's saying, keep praying and keep watching as you pick up your helmet, as you take up your sword to go out uh, for the attack of the enemy is close at hand and his schemes and his trickery at work you will require the power of God almighty and his insight as you go forth now some commentators that as you read through the various commentators on this particular book and this particular verse do not believe that prayer and neither do I is an actual part of the armour of God right because it stops he talks about Strength. We clothe ourselves with strength and then put on the armour of God. And then we put it on. And after that finishes, he takes up the final two pieces. It's saying, and with that, pray. So he's not saying that that is a part of the armour. It's something we take with us. Uh, whereas others believe, oh, that's a part of attacking the devil. You know, we pray in warfare and all this kind of stuff. And again, but we saw, if we remember correctly, that we saw that all the armour of God is in a defensive mode. We're never to go out looking for trouble, per se, but it was defensive in reaction to being attacked or to something coming against the truth where we would then step in with the word of God. And it's not really a matter of whether um, 
It's a vital part of your armour, prayer, or it's a weapon, for it's something that we must see that it's not a weapon, but it's something that is absolutely vital. So whenever you're ready to go and you put on the armour of God, whenever you've got yourself ready, you've got the belt of truth, you're, you're walking in integrity and truthfulness, and you're, and you're going about your life, and things are coming at you, be prayerful at all times. Don't just be prayerful some of the time. Be prayerful at all times and stand firm. So prayer is that. It's that thing that keeps us in line with God. It keeps us in that role with God. Paul is probably referencing the verse in, as he's talking here to us in Luke 18. And it says in Luke 18 verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. You see, how often is it that we come to a time where doubt comes at us or an attack against our our own faith or attack to even one of the greatest attacks that the enemy, I believe, puts on the Christian believer is the poisoning of their mind to believe that they're not really forgiven. You know, or their sins are still relevant today that they committed decades ago that were washed by the blood of Jesus, but we still are persecuted by those things because we think, oh gosh, I'm such a terrible person. And he poisons us so much. And here in Luke 18, we're saying, don't, you know, it's pray always and don't lose heart. And just like that, when we're fighting with the, with the armour of God and we're, you know, we're fighting with the word of God and in the spirit, we are to not lose heart. We're to pray always. It's in the throes of a spiritual onslaught, eh, you know, against our beliefs, our faith in God, who we are as a saint of God. That without standing firm in prayer, we often become weary and weakened. And that's when the enemy gets in. We we, kinks in our armour appear when we just allow those and believe those things. We begin to lose parts of our armour. We lay it down. We just, we get lazy with it and stuff. Uh, William Cowper, an author once wrote, he said, Restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes the Christian armours bright. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. So it's not just about putting on as we should be the armour, but it's about infusing it with prayer. To cease to pray or to think that we've prayed enough is exactly the plan of the devil. He's delighted when you think you've prayed enough. He's like, stop, I'll get in here. He doesn't want you to pray always. He doesn't want you to pray ever. So the moment you stop communicating with the Lord is the moment Satan rejoices. So when it says praying at all times, it's not praying sometimes. It's praying all times. It's always to be prayerful through every situation. Always praying throughout every season. Not just the terrible ones. If you think back to the most dramatically painful things that have gone on in your life, if you can think back to times of real testing, times where you've really struggled or you've been under a lot of pressure or attack, you were praying, you were, you were, you had everybody praying, you were, you know, calling up so and so, you were praying, and everybody was praying for you, but in the times of rejoicing, where but God's been doing great things and you've got relative peace and harmony and things are getting and we kind of back off our prayer. It becomes more, we'll sing some nice songs and I'll be happy with Larry about the church and I'll do a wee bit of this. 
That's when we need to keep on pressing in in every season in prayer. It's the type of prayer here. He's praying at all times. It's the type of prayer that comes from what is a longer conversation with God where we're always in communication. Uh, I've got a little book and uh, I read a part of it a few years ago and it really challenged me. And it say, I talk to Moira often about prayer and my own journey with the subject of prayer. But this little book is called The Long Wandering Prayer. And it speaks of a type of prayer that never ceases. It's a conversation where we're in constant communication. When we're, you know, whether we're out for a walk, whether I'm you know, in, in a field, whether I'm driving my car, whether I'm out going to the shops, I'm in constant dialogue with the Lord. It never, it's a kind of prayer where it's not that I had to wait until I got home and went to a quiet place in my room to get on my knees and, you know, and fold my wee hands together or go to a prayer meeting that is specifically for prayer, you know, that I had to do a particular way. No, it's a continual conversation that never ceases and shouldn't ever cease, that constant. When I was a young man, I used to literally think that this Bible passage meant I had to pray all the times when it said praying at all times in the Spirit. And I used to get really confused and thinking, how can I pray all the time? I've got to talk to people in my job. I've got to do this, so how can I pray at all times? How can I do that? And I knew others who struggled with this and would think that that meant, well, okay, well, to pray at all times means that if you're not, if you're not talking to someone else or doing whatever, then you quietly pray under your breath and tongues 24-7 you had to pray. And our prayer is being alert at all times. But to be praying all the time is to always, it means to always be mindful of prayer. After speaking with others, fellowshipping and at work, etc., you would then continue your conversation with God. You see, I don't have to always necessarily, neither do you always have to necessarily be verbally speaking to be in communion with God. Because I can be thinking about the Lord, I can be thinking about his word, I can be thinking about things, or I can be worshipping in my heart, or I can be... I'm continuing the conversation, whether in word, whether in song, whether in prayer, whether in service, and it's that continual journey of walking. So being mindful of prayer, keeping open dialogue, continually having God in the conversation. And at the front of all things. You know, I always think that prayer should start with a picture. To him who sits on the throne. That's the perfect picture. Where in all of my doings and all of my workings and all of the things that I do. If I have him who sits on the throne as my image. To look upon in every decision, in everything I face, then I can walk in communion with him as the goal. He's the focus of all that I do and say. We begin to hear God's voice. We can begin to know, you know, the, the, uh, the, we should know the voice of the shepherd, the voice of a stranger, the good shepherd, the voice of a stranger we would not follow. We will follow a voice of a stranger if we don't know the voice of the shepherd. And that's a warning to the believer who, is not, who doesn't know God in any way. So we must know his voice in a clear manner. And we can tell whether it's his voice or the voice of doubt or the voice of the enemy. 
Uh, we are to be constant in prayer. Romans 12, 12 gives us a wonderful, uh, a wonderful thing to think about when it says rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. What a lovely thought. Rejoice in your hope of your salvation. Be patient in tribulation, those trying times, and be constant in prayer. Um, I'd come up with this little phrase during the week. It just said, you know, if I only go to prayer when I have run out of my own wisdom, then I will soon forget to ever go to prayer. If I constantly think of doing and answering everything myself, then I'll find within myself the answer for everything my way and never ever go to prayer. For it's only in prayer is that complete dependence upon God. God does not need your prayers. You need you have the prayers to talk and commune with the most holy God. He wants it for fellowship. And he wants you to reach out to him. But prayer is how we communicate with God. Prayer is that communication, that constancy of open dialogue between man and God. But here Paul adds the extra addition of the phrase, which changes it a bit, where he says, pray all times. And he adds the phrase at the end here, in the spirit. So what is that popular phrase? We always say, we talk about things of in the spirit. I was in the spirit. I do this in the spirit or whatever. And there's a popular phrase. And I wrote down three things that some people have heard, you know, saying it's like, you know, it's, is it speaking of Christians dropping into some deep spiritual coma or trance so that they, they manage to contact God the Father? Is it, Speaking like some believe to be caught up into the realm of the spirit and into one of the heavenlies. Caught up and I, I watched like years and years ago, I remember watching one of these Christian TV shows. I think it was in CBN or God TV or something. And there was these three people sitting at a table and they were saying, right, all join hands. We're going to go up into the heaven, the third heaven. I was like, what is this? You know, I was like, I've never seen it like this. It was really weird. But they all kind of, oh, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And is it that he's talking about being the spirit? Or thirdly, is it speaking of the Christians who speak in tongues? Is he saying pray constantly in tongues at all times? Well, all three of these to me, and I say to me, they may be different for you. But my interpretation of this is that all three of those are a firm no. He's not saying pray at all times in tongues. How can one be alert if they're caught up in a trance? Or not even present in the room because you're up in the heavens. So that leaves us with the Christian who's constantly speaking in tongues, a, a heavenly language. Well... My interpretation of tongues is maybe different from some others in the room. And, and I say it with, with love and grace. But if tongues is the heavenly language that I've been given is a language. If I speak in tongues, I'm speaking. It's a language that's been given as a gift. But if I speak in tongues, I'm kind of speaking whether it's you believe it's a babbling tongue. Where it's undecipherable words. 
and vowels put together, or whether you believe, as some would say, it would be you, you right now can't speak in German, but suddenly you could speak in German or another language that was interpreted. Whether it is you believe in these things, that's the human you, your human spirit speaking, not in the spirit of God. Because otherwise, every time I spoke in tongues, I must be then saying, oh, I've been caught up into the spirit realm of, of the Holy Spirit's now making me speak in tongues. Or it's him that's infusing me to speak in tongues. It's not just something, because I could sit down right now and switch off and just sit and watch the telly. And while I'm watching the telly, just start speaking in tongues. Because it's, that's the human thing that you've been given. So he's not saying pray at all times in the spirit, meaning in tongues, in a babbling tongue. But this verse is actually speaking, if I was to say that it was speaking of tongues, I believe personally that this would be twisting the context and twisting the meaning of the scripture. Jude, I also think of the passage in Jude 20, where it says this. Isn't that great? It's, it's like Philemon. I love these wee books that are just like one chapter, just a few verses. But Jude Verse 20 says this, but you, beloved, you'll know this, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Again, this is exactly the same meaning as what he's saying here. He's not saying building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in tongues. He's saying building yourself up in your most holy faith as in the faith of your salvation, the faith in Christ and pray always in the spirit this phrase has caused some confusion for many of us and often is incorrectly translated you see our prayer is to be pure it's to be truthful or to wear the belt of truth and to achieve this it must come from a pure truthful belt wearing saint who are walking according to with and by the spirit of God it requires both the truthful saint and the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in a battle. William Gurnall uh, does these three volumes. It's called The Christian in Complete Armour. We've got these three volumes. We keep threatening to read it one year. I keep thinking one day I'm going to read this. And it's all about the spiritual battle. And, and I know of a, a group of men who started it and they put through the three volumes in a weekly Bible study they would have in this group of men in a, in a room. There's about 10 of them. And they started this and just, you know, the guy shows you one of his books. He's just got a bazillion tabs throughout it. And it took them like, I think it was seven years of weekly Bible study to go through it. And so they just said, well, what are we going to do now? So they went back to the beginning and started it all over again, which I thought was brilliant. But William Gurnall was a great Puritan, and he wrote these words. He says, The sincerity and intention of soul pertain to the human petitioner, that is, the person that's praying. The potency, inspiration, and freedom of utterance and access spring from the secret touch of the Holy Spirit. That's our prayers. When we begin to pray at all, when we're, in, when we're walking with the Spirit, we, become, we can be empowered by the Spirit. And He infuses and helps us pray. And so when you come to a situation to pray in difficulty, there's something coming against you. And you can start off praying your words, Lord, we need help, Lord, I need you to intervene in this situation. And suddenly when we trigger and, and relax a bit more into the Holy Spirit, 
he gives us more things to pray. You suddenly feel infused. You pray with more vibrancy. There's more, you know, um, it, there's more just a, something overcomes you in a sense or a bubbles up within you, you could say, or a scripture comes to mind as you, you speak that out or you, these, or you recall something else to your mind. And then something just sometimes as you're praying for someone, I believe in, sometimes I've prayed for, been praying for someone in my life and suddenly you get a picture or something just comes out of your head and you're like, oh, I'm praying into that situation now or something, another word drops into your heart and you pray into that situation. That's being led of the Spirit to pray with wisdom and direction. And so how often is, um, if you think of some of the difficulties in the, in the Bible, you know, Moral is the great analogy of Solomon and he's presented with this woman and their babies and the baby and they're saying, well, whose is it? And they're fighting over whose baby it is. And he says, well, cut it in half. You can have half each. And the real mother goes, no, 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 no. But that's, he was using wisdom. He was being, using wisdom under the influence of the Spirit. To godly wisdom comes upon us or through prayer and so various things. We need to rely when we're being persecuted, when we're in battle. It's very easy to get frustrated in a battle or get scared or get, allow ourselves to become under a bit of shake and a bit of trial and I don't really know what to do, I don't really know what to do and, and I can't get so-and-so on the phone to pray with me and I can't get this, that we make rash decisions. And what he's saying is, is no, 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 come to your knees in prayer. Get in the spirit and I'll give you the words to pray and in that situation. Let's not make rash, quick fire decisions. Let's pray into that situation. To pray in the Spirit is not praying in tongues, as that would put the emphasis on the action of the individual being in the Spirit. But the accurate translation is to pray with all types of requests being directed unto God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. The emphasis is on the Holy Spirit, not on the me. The emphasis is on God and his power and not on man and his workings now as we saw before the correct wording as we see when they talk about in the spirit is actually by the spirit by the spirit's leading for it is he who leads us in prayer to pray in the spirit is signifying or walk with or by the spirit defend the gospel with we're told by the spirit resist temptation with or by the Holy Spirit. Resist doubt with or by the Holy Spirit. Speak the word of God forth with or by the Holy Spirit. And now Paul tells the Ephesians to pray with or by the Holy Spirit. By him infusing it. We pray because we're enabled to pray by the Spirit of God within us according to the various types of prayer that are available to us, that he leads us into. All of the prayer mentioned here is speaking of prayers directed to God alone and not cries out to another person. We don't pray to other people. We don't pray to other gods. All of our prayers where he is the object to him who sits on the throne. And Paul reminds us his readers, that he is always praying for them. To pray with all prayer means to pray all prayers directly to God. It is speaking of the type of prayer in whatever manner that is solely offered unto him. 
Supplication, the word supplication here means simply to pray. Always, be always praying. Seeking him, asking him, entreating him. Often Paul reminds his readers that he's always praying for them. We saw that in the end of chapter 3 where Paul got on his knees and he says, you know, I'm on my knees and he's in chains, but I'm on my knees and I'm praying for you. He's always making mention to God. He's always praying for them. And our prayer is communion with God, but supplication or petition is bringing the needs or the needs of others, not just our own needs, but the needs of all the body of Christ he's talking about here. It's not as if he doesn't, he does not know what we need. It's a common, you know, thing that we, we think when we're praying is as if, Lord, I really need help with this bill. Lord, I'm really struggling with so-and-so. I really need help in this situation. Da, da, da. As if God didn't already know. But he's looking for us to reach out unto him and show our complete submission to him. He's waiting for us to stop trying everything our own way. Sometimes, how many times have you done that? Where you've, I've done it a lot where I've prayed for something and then I've quickly went and tried to fix it myself. I've stepped in, used my own thought, I'll just do it this way. I can't wait any longer. <laughs> we don't say those words, but we do it by our, by our actions. So our prayers go out one way, but our actions do something completely different. We never do waiting upon the Lord. And it said we need to be reliant on his power. We must depend on him, not him depending on us. My, if the Lord was depending on us, we'd be in a lot of trouble. And he says, in the latter part of this verse, he says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Well, to that end means with this in mind, or in view of this, keep alert, be awake, be watchful, don't be sleeping. Be persistent. Don't falter, persevere, making requests as you make requests for all the children of, of the Lord. The prayers that we offer up to God in every situation and season are for all, not just ourselves. You see, in the battle, you don't go into a battlefield on your own. If you're dressed... In armour, you shouldn't be stepping out always on your own. But if you're about to get into battle or face something or dress something, we need the body. We need everyone together. Our prayer should be for all the church, all the believers in Christ to stand firm. It's a much bigger picture when you start including the whole body. The powers of darkness are against the whole body of Christ, not just you. That should bring some form of hope. I think I said that before when he used to take the youth leaders to bigger services, bigger conferences or things. They were like, whoa, there's, many, there's actually other young people that are Christians. You can believe it. The youth leaders, when I took them down to London to the, the National Youth Leaders, uh, every year there was this big massive conference and, and I, I took them down we just drove down to London through the night and we parked in the car park and uh, we got there early a few hours before it started and we would just thought let's just go all just we're in this kind of minute, let's just crash out for a couple of hours here and so we crashed in the car park and this guy chaps the window and he's saying hey could you move your car I was, oh yeah no bother what time is it it's 8.30 it's, that's an hour great 
So we thought we'll get something. And then I just looked out there, and the reason I was moving my car is because the worship leader, Matt Redman, was just about to come in and take the space that I was in. And I was actually sitting blocking one of my top worship leader guys I'd ever looked up to. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know. And when we got into the building, there was this other great worship man called the Wren Collective up on the stage. And then, my goodness, the stage was like, I was like, and I walked out of this building, which I thought, this is unbelievable. And three and a half thousand youth pastors and youth leaders were in this hall. And my heart lit up let alone my youth leader's hearts lighting up. There's more of us. What? We're not in this alone? This, this, I'm up here stuck in this wee town of Hamilton with these, you know, 40, 50 kids. But this made me feel like, wow, we can do anything. Because there's so many of us throughout the country. And these weren't American or any other country. These were British youth leaders. So being the army of God... The army is not you alone. It's the army of God. It's the church of God. This is the way of the believer. We do not and must be reminded that we're never out there on our own. We must be praying for the entirety of the body of Christ. You know, that's why I never understand believers who only frequent, frequently every now and then turn up to church or a Bible study or a prayer meeting or a worship service. They only come sporadically. For if it's within the body, always together, that we get built up in a greater hope. And we're together in this fight, that our needs are then lifted up together with others lifting us up. Sometimes, I guess, being Scottish, our pride can be a difficulty. Because we don't want to say that we need prayer or help. So we shut off, we don't ask. But the body together then can go out into the world in faith with great joy, great hope, knowing that whatever they face, they can walk by the Spirit in unity with many others. We're one body, and when there is one success, it's for all to hear and rejoice in. So at this point, you know, I'm going to just divert for the last few minutes of this class to talk about prayer itself. Prayer in itself is an admittance that we believe in the sovereignty of God. Otherwise, what would be the need for prayer? So when I, everybody believes in that doctrine, every true Christian believes in the doctrine of the sovereignty of God, that he's sovereign over all things, otherwise they would never pray. It's a humble admission, submission to admitting we need God to save us and we are given the gift of prayer as a way of communicating with him directly. It's not that God needs our prayers or us within it, but it is given as a way for us to use to connect to God. In using prayer, we open ourselves up to the additional weapons of our warfare that we've been given. They can now be empowered and infused by prayer in the Holy Spirit. You see, when I'm fully submitted to God in prayer, I'm hearing him, I'm being led by his spirit, and I'm attuned and alert to spiritual influences that can come and deceive me. I'm awake to them. I can be alert to them. In prayerfulness, God will grant us true discernment. And not only that, but the ability and power to continue to stand. We need to stand in prayer. Now, as one author said, we're called to stand firm, not to stand about. When we are faced with trials, our first action must be to go to the place of our knees. 
in prayer to God, who by his spirit will empower us, and where necessary remind us of the truth of the scriptures, the truth of the gospel of Jesus, to lift up our hope, and then we can stand firm and press ahead in our walk. Prayer is a matter of trust. We heard a message this morning from our pastor about trusting in the Lord. And prayer is a matter of trust because it requires faith. Think about it. it requires, trust is a matter of prayer. Prayer is something where you really are praying to someone you can't physically see. You're praying to a creator you can't actually physically see and have not yet seen. Now I can show you a couple of modes of trust here and I hope that it will help you in your walk with building a lifestyle that's fueled with the power of a praying relationship. You see, I have been a Christian for over 40 years and I remember as a young Christian that worship and singing was my thing. I went to a church that was a very worshipful church, a very charismatic church when I was a young man. I knew little else except an experiential faith where music and charismatic uh, feelings and outpourings were the dominant driving factor that I gauged all of my Christianity upon. That was what I believed about God. Then, if there was not a big, sometimes if I'd go to church, and I'm sure everybody's done this when you, you come out feeling worse than you went in. If you've ever gone out and there wasn't a big spiritual explosion of something in the spirit that week, we'd come home disappointed. I was seeking as a young man experiences or feelings above all else. Then I grew up a bit and as the years went on, I did some Bible college, got into the word of God more through scripture memorization became my big thing, became my next fad. I would try and beat everyone every month on memorizing all 30 verses and references and I usually won because I'm quite determined. And I could quote tons of scriptures and I could tell you exactly where they were. And I moved on then for a season. I went through a season of prayer, worship and intercession, which was powerful, but it came at a cost. You see, I began to seek out only the mind-blowing spiritual revelations from scripture. Nothing else was seen as of being any use to my growth or spirituality. But everything began to change over time. As I discovered when I began to read the Puritans, I began to read the old reformers of all the Spurgeons and these older guys and suddenly my faith was taking a hit of what I believed and it was suddenly I've seen massive growth in the development of my understanding of scripture and knowledge of true biblical teaching. This has continued to this present day. It's been a massively wonderful, convicting journey. Probably for about the last, I don't know, 18 to 20 years. But I noticed that I need to continually speak to my wife because I need to continually work on a balance between the two models of both trust and prayer and trust in his word. I need to know more about prayer and that precious alone time with the Lord mm. and constant communication, walking that long journey 
as much as I do, if not more, in the study of the Scriptures. Both should be married together to make both my feet stand firm, planted in the ground. I approach God in prayer as I face the trials of life. That activation of the word to bring it to my remembrance by the Spirit is to my victory over sin, doubt and deception. But if I'm not walking in prayer and I'm only walking in the word, I'm missing something and I've got a problem. That's the challenge that I have. You may, have a, you may be the complete opposite. You're all prayer and little word. And we have to marry both of these things together. My prayer is not about demanding things from God by going around claiming this and claiming that. But it is true humility before, before a most terrifying, holy and gracious king. I am not to demand from God. I am to plead with God. I am not to command him or his spirit to do anything. But I am commanded to submit to the Lord. And I make my needs known unto him. And he hears me. Because he loves us and he wants to help us. I'm given the perfect model by Christ when he said, Father, let it not my will be done, but your will be done. Yours be done, Lord. You see, in spiritual warfare, our armour must be covered in prayer instead of our shields being dipped in water to douse fire. We are to drench everything in prayer. Remember that when he said, dip the shields in the water so that it extinguished the fiery arrows? We have to extinguish, we have to dip all of our armour, all of our thoughts, all of our ways in prayer. Our prayers are to seek the power of God and our prayers are to seek the refuge of God. We have so many things that we'll go into in the next class as, a, as we cover that that we can pray into at all times and we'll look at that in the next class.